0: Welcome to the latest episode of the Nordic Football Podcast and we've got a special edition here previewing uh, Sweden against England in the World Cup on Saturday. I'm Steve Wiss, I'm joined by Jonathan Fredugba. How's it going, John? Hi, Stephen. Hi, everyone. Yes, uh, everything's going great. It's good to hear. And uh, well, we talked about in the last podcast, the prospect England against Sweden, and now it's happened. And, uh, I mean, I'd say my prediction for that Sweden-Switzerland game was a nil-nil tight game and I wasn't too far off. You said Sweden would win it and you were right. And uh, how did you think that game against Switzerland went? Did they deserve it?
1: It was not the most entertaining of games, to be honest. Probably it won't go down as a, as a classic of the tournament. But uh, at the end of the day, with a 1-0 victory, uh, Sweden will not care. Uh, first World Cup quarterfinal in, in many a year. And they're a step away from the World Cup semi-finals. Uh, obviously, they've not been in the quarterfinals since USA '94, a famous team of uh, Dahlia, and Broly, and Ravelli and goal. So um, yeah, it's a really, really exciting time. Everyone in Sweden is loving it. Uh, the sun is out in Sweden, and uh, temperatures of 26 degrees in the bowler, I believe. So yeah, it's a, it's a great time, and it's a great time in England too.
0: Yeah, I mean this. I think anyone can dare to dream now in this World Cup, especially on this other side of the draw. There's a, a wide open place to get to the World Cup final. This 4-4-2 of Sweden keeps working. It's very solid and they they tend to concede fairly few chances in games. Uh, who impressed you most against Switzerland?
1: Uh, I don't think there was any really one standout player. It was a sort of narrow 1-0 win. So I don't think, I mean, I actually thought Lustig played quite well. Um but yeah, it was a collective performance. You know, Lindelof was very good. Grantfist again at the back was solid. Robin um, Olsen. I think you know the only players who maybe disappointed them the forwards. Marcus Berg missed a, a handful of chances and really should have scored. He's now uh, faced. He's now had 13 attempts on goal in this tournament and not scored. That's the most attempts without scoring of with any player at the tournament. So uh, yeah, it was a bit of a downer for him. But I don't think he'll care. I don't think Sweden will really care. The goal was a deflection. an Emil Forsberg, effort, he's finally off the mark in this tournament. And um, yeah, it's a collective effort really, isn't it? And I think Sweden are actually decent value for their win. They showed they're more of a collective uh, than Switzerland were on the day. And I think that's been the theme of their tournament so far in general.
0: I think my my problem with Berg is that he basically plays in a Mickey Mouse league, doesn't he? Um, in um, is it Abu Dhabi or Qatar, one of those out there. I mean, I could score goals out there, John. I'm not joking there either. Um, so it's a bit of a, a step up to the world cup, but you know, maybe he'll come good in a game at some point. He's getting the chances, I suppose. He's gonna have to tuck one away eventually. Um, let's briefly talk about England against Colombia because it's, it's it's a milestone for, uh, for Sweden to get to this quarter final, it is for England as well. First time in. Well over a decade that they've won a um, a knockout game and on penalties as well. I mean, how shocked were you by that?
1: Well, I've not seen you play up front, Steve, but um, you're saying the national team level speed, and then I definitely want to want to witness that at some point. Um, yeah, the England game was was really. I mean, it was. Uh, I'm in I'm in England at the moment, and it's, it's um, the atmosphere is just unbelievable, as, I, as I'm sure you know as well up there. It's just been a great atmosphere in England, really. Uh, Actually, just earlier today, there was uh, some fans driving past with England flags and they were playing three lines on a shirt in their car, full volume. And that just captures the mood of everything, really. Uh, I've not quite seen an atmosphere like this in England for some time and the excitement is definitely building, isn't it?
0: Well, it's, it's gone crazy. I mean, I'll give you an example. Tomorrow, I usually play in a cricket league and the matches usually start at half past one. Or instead, the, we're actually playing at nine o'clock in the morning, would you believe? But, yeah, and quite a lot of matches in the league are doing exactly the same thing. Starting at nine o'clock in the morning so we can get finished in time. That is how, you know, how obsessed this country is with football. And, um, you know, I think it's going to be an absolutely mental day uh, for sure. Let's get, get on with the game then. And uh, Sweden themselves, they've got a suspension, um, unfortunately. Mikkel Lustig at right back. First of all, I mean, how much of a big loss is that going to be? And who do you expect to come in as a replacement?
1: Well, yeah. Um... I think uh, Kraft will come in. I think his name, Emil Kraft will come in at, left, at right back, So Emil Kraft. Uh, he'll fill in. Uh, I'm not entirely sure how he'll do because they're such a good defensive unit, Sweden. So, uh, you know, they've kept three clean sheets now in four games. They'll definitely miss, I think. But uh, whether Emil Kraft to come in and sort of fill that void remains to be seen. I think England will, you know, certainly target them. Uh, Kraft has actually said he, he he's going to be looking for Ashley Young's diving. He's criticising him as being a diver. So I don't think that was too well advised really making that kind of comment um, before a massive game in the World Cup. I think that slightly naive to be honest to say that kind of thing um, because he's asking for trouble. But uh, yeah, he's uh, he's a 23-year-old. He, you know, he He's not had that huge amount of game time. Uh, he's at Bologna. Uh, he used to play at the World. But um, yeah, it'll be a really, really big test for him, I think. At the same time, Sweden do play a kind of a low-block style, so their game plan will be to not expose him you know, to England's wingers uh, and, and full-backs at any time, and the wing-backs. So um, it will be a test for him, but uh, yeah. it, Sweden's shape will try and minimise that danger.
0: Do you think the other 10 players will be unchanged?
1: Yeah, I'm expecting the same, same uh, 11 apart from that. I think Olsen in goal, uh, Kraft, Lindelof, Granqvist, who... He's a hero in Sweden at the moment, and uh, he's recently just had a baby. Uh, there was a lot of talk about him potentially flying back to Sweden for the birth of his uh, birth of his, I think, daughter. But uh, his wife gave birth actually this morning, and so yeah, everyone in Sweden, Sweden is delighted. He doesn't have to. He's gonna play the game, I think, and then maybe maybe head home after, I anyhow mean it goes, um, one way or another. But uh, yeah, left back August Dinsen, who's quality um, I really like him as we discussed. I think Klassen, Ekdal, uh, Seb Larsen, Forsberg, Marcus Berg and Ole Torvenen, I think that will be the lineup in the 440.
0: I think, I mean, I expect England to be fairly uh, unchanged as well, really. I don't see um, too much different there compared to the team that played against Colombia. I think, you know, England are the favourites with the bookmakers. I think odds on to win the game inside 90 minutes is near enough. And certainly the favourites to qualify outright. It's fair to say Sweden are the underdogs. How do you think? What sort of tactics are they going to employ? Are we going to see anything different from Sweden from what we saw them say against Germany or Mexico, or are they going to have a something up their sleeve to surprise us with?
1: No, absolutely not. There won't be any different tactics. I don't think. Um, although it's England, and you know, it's, it's, it's such a big game. Why would you change the shape now when you've gone so far? They'll play their rigid, rigid style of play. They'll try to disrupt their opponent's momentum. They'll try to slow things down, um, and you know they're a team that's had thirty-seven or thirty-eight percent possession over the four games. So you know exactly what you're going to expect. They they have the worst pass accuracy of any team in this quarterfinals. So they're not going to be on the front foot at all very often. Uh, could even maybe go to another penalty shootout uh, potentially, depending on how England fare. Um, yeah, I think if 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 England score first, it will be a different game but Sweden won't change their style i think they'll sit back and they won't press too hard and it's going to be a test for england can they break down the swedish wall
0: yeah that's that's the real key for england in this game i, I mean have they got the creativity to, to break them down i mean against colombia i think england only had two shots on target one of which was the the penalty and um, you yeah, know it might it just feels like that sort of game it could be a 1-0 either way um, you know harry kane or one the, or a penalty from the from the guy who uh, who had the um, the child, I forget his name. Right. Or yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, they've been pretty good from the penalty spot in this World Cup, haven't they? So uh, it will be interesting in, in that regard. Is there an attacking player in the uh, Swedish team uh, that you think could cause England some trouble more than anyone else? A attacking
1: player, I think all eyes will probably be on Emil Forsberg. I mean, think about about the Swedish team and. Uh, it's quite funny, And a local newspaper, well, the national newspaper, Sportbladet, released a, an article kind of going player for player. And they're, they're sort of playing on the fact that the English media are so confident of England thrashing Sweden. And it was a kind of ironic article in, in which they essentially criticised every Swedish player, ironically saying, you know, um, that they're all rubbish. And it was kind of a, looking at their players. And, and, and they were sort of saying, for example, you know, Seb Larsson spent his whole career trying to keep, Alex McLeish, Sam Allardyce, David Moyes, and Martin O'Neill in the Premiership. Our apologies, and just kind of, kind of, ironically ridiculing the Swedish players. But when you actually look through that team, you know there's a lot of 30-year-olds in the team. Berg, uh, obviously Toivonen, Seb Larsen is going to Oiko after the tournament, 33, and you know they they are a bit of an ageing team. But yeah, people players who can hurt them. I'd Maybe Marcus Berg, the Law of Averages could kick in or Toivonen might, might do something similar to the Germany game. But um, Forsberg is the main man really in terms of creativity, I think. And if it's not a set piece or a penalty from Granfist, then I think he will be looked
0: to to create. Let's talk about it from an England point of view then. We've already said that they might look to target that right-back spot. But um, potentially Ryan Sterling could be around that sort of position. And there's been... I mean, it seems like he's the scapegoat with England at the moment. And what, what have you made of Sterling in this World Cup, John? Is it his criticism to him been a bit unfair or is it justifiable?
1: No, I think it's pathetic. I think it's just media, tabloid, tabloid. Um, well, I mean, I can't even shimmy it. I think it's just bare racism, to be honest. I mean, him having a tattoo of a gun is it irrelevant. I think that's where it all began. Uh, people forget he had 20 goals and think, 10 assists for... Man City won the Premier League title, so if you're going to pick on someone in that England squad, I think is the completely wrong person to pick on. I think he's not done anything off the field uh, to suggest he should be warranted, you know, so much criticism about that. Um, and that's where the kind of problem started really, wasn't it? That whole thing was where it began really, the whole few Um In terms of his performances though, in fairness, I don't think he's been great. Um, I don't actually think England were that good against Colombia, and I think they got lucky. <laughs> I was going to tweet this, but the mood in England is so positive right now that I just felt like it's kind of a bit, you know, uh, I think uh, I think it's a bit of a killjoy, wouldn't it, to, to say that? But to be honest, um, Southgate's tactical changes were really poor, I felt. He took uh, he put Eric Dyer on, and Dyer could not handle that midfield. If James Rodriguez had played in that game, I think the, the extra time would have been 4-5-1, um, because they really, really struggled. And don't forget that they had a player injured for like the entirety, entire row of extra time, the centre-back, Yeri Mina. And they didn't once target him. They had Harry Kane deep in midfield for some reason, and nobody tried to target uh, Mina except for Pickford, who was pumping long balls, who, who really showed his intelligence. So I actually felt they got the tactics wrong there. But in general, Southgate deserves mass, massive praise. Um, but yeah, going back to the original point, not many of the England players in that, in that role played very well, I thought, against Columbia. Sterling, Lingard... I don't think Vardy did much when he came on, um, so I think it's totally out of order to be always picking on Sterling. In my opinion,
0: I think so as well. I mean, he hasn't been great, but um, yeah, certainly hasn't been that bad. Um, I think he's trying to do a bit too much, actually. If you want my opinion, there, um, it's like his final balls letting him down, or he's just, as I say, trying to get too cute at times, and maybe just needs to be a little bit more simplistic with his uh, with his approach. I think, uh, as far as England are concerned.
1: I'd agree with that, and I think, he's, I mean, let's be fair. He's not. He's not had a really great game, and his finishing has been quite poor, hasn't he? Especially against Tunisia. But uh, if you look through the team, as, as you just rightly said, there, you know, I didn't see anyone who really stood out apart from Kane in, in the Colombia game in, in an attacking sense.
0: And you? I think the wor- the worry for me with England in that Colombia game was, I think, for eighty nine minutes they played, they did what they had to do. And they should have won it 1 0. A 1 0 scoreline for England inside 90 minutes would have been fair. But, you know, towards the end, he made them very negative substitutions. Did he really need to do it because Colombia were not threatening at all? I mean, Dyer, you're right. He came on, he lived up to his name tag, didn't he? <laughs> uh, in that particular, you know, and then in the extra time, I think England's heads just completely went. Certainly the first 10 minutes, they were there to so be got at. And I think Falcao had a couple of chances. Half chances anyway, and it's a bit worrying that you know one setback perhaps knocked them a bit. And I think England gradually managed to refocus. And in the last five ten minutes of extra time, they were on the more on the front foot. But you know, if you can get at this team, say you get ahead of them, you know who knows how they'll react again. It's um, it's a tricky Honestly, one. If
1: James had played in that game in extra time, it would have been all over. They, there were so many opportunities where Dyer like missed. He missed the flight of the ball. He jumped too early. He 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 didn't press when he should have. He, he was shocking in, in my opinion and if you watch the game again, again i'm sure you, you'll see it uh, as he rightly stated in terms of his name but uh obviously he scored the winning penalty so it was quickly forgotten but I, I did think there were there were weaknesses in england there that they could be exploited but but the thing is can sweden actually exploit it you know they're not a possession team um so i guess it's going to be in a way probably a harry kane versus you know it's going to be an england onslaught probably versus a swedish you know they you know their their back line has been about as well constructed as a as a solid rigid chest of drawers at IKEA, hasn't it? In this tournament, <laughs> can can Harry
0: Kane kick it down? I think there's been there's a tendency, a reputation in England right now that Sweden are fairly crap. This what everyone seems to believe anyway. That this is going to be easy. I mean, I saw one of the um, I mean you probably saw this tweet video that was going around the last time England played Sweden. The fans were like, "You're shit, but your birds are fit." <laughs> Um, you know, and that that's kind of the attitude that's towards Sweden and um, I think it's a little bit harsh on Sweden there. England, yeah, on paper are the better team but this is not going to be a piece of cake, is it, for England? If they, if they do win this one, I think it's going to be the hard way, isn't it?
1: Yeah, but I mean, let's not forget it's Latan's uh, four goals and, you know, the, there's been some great games down the year actually between England and Sweden. Euro 92 is another one where uh, Sweden knocked out England so, um, yeah, you know, the Swedish league and maybe the status of Sweden makes people overlook them but I just have to reel off the same teams that I did in, in a show earlier today. Um, you know, Italy, the Netherlands, you know, very well, they've come out of a group with Germany in it and Germany have gone home. So, you know, write this Swedish team off at your parallel, I think.
0: Now, obviously, this is a big event on uh, Saturday but um, there's also domestic matters. Um, unbelievably, there's a, an al round, John. I mean, what do you make of this? Is this just incredibly poor scheduling should they have changed it
1: well i'm gonna to have to get on my on my sort of um soapbox here for one because i just can't understand it and i think you know we cover the swedish and Norwegian leagues don't we and in terms of planning i think it's just you know about as well, about as poorly planned as a sort of uh, i don't know maybe i don't know i'm trying to think of a good good analogy for that but i can't you know about as poorly planned as a, as a as one of Sven-Göran Eriksson's uh, England scrapbook, you know scrapbooks, So, uh, yeah.
0: It wasn't yeah. an Ulrika moment, was it? For sorry, it wasn't an Ulrika moment. Whoever. Uh...
1: <laughs> moment. It, was, it was definitely more Ulrika than Eureka, um, but yeah, no. You know what are they doing? That are playing before Sweden game kicks off, and then there's games after the Sweden game, mean I think it's just just ridiculous to be honest. You've <laughs> never seen that in the Premier League, and. All right, I get the argument that it's, um, you know, they didn't expect to get that far, but w- what what kind of mentality is that, number one? And number two, just change it, change the, change the schedule. I mean, the reason I, I'm on my high horse about it, I think, is because you want to sort of see the league grow and you want, you want the Swedish league to be taken maybe a bit more seriously. The reason the English media don't give it any, any kind of chance or respect really is because, because they don't rate the league. And... Who would rate the league when you're not playing when you're playing games on the day of the you know, it implies that the, the the domestic league is kind of irrelevant to the national team. Does that make sense? So I know that most of the players are based abroad, but I still think, you know, that, that has to be reflected. It's a top league, it's still it's still a very good league. So provision should be made because you you want eyeballs on the league as well, don't you, know? you don't and you don't want the focus to be taken away from, from those teams because they, they, they want to grow.
0: When I, when I first saw this, um, my initial thought was that they're a bit unlucky here because, uh, you know, you're right, I don't think anyone could really expect Sweden to go this far. This far. But thinking about it, the World Cup schedule is, is announced months and months in advance. They knew that there would be quarter final, two quarter-final matches on this Saturday. So why not, if they really need a round this weekend, then just have all the games on a Sunday or a Monday? I mean, it's pretty obvious. It's not rocket science, is it? So, yeah, I think whoever's done this is absolutely ridiculous. And
1: uh, well, I mean, this is the biggest game in 25 years. You know, as a Swede, if you're in in the country, you don't really want to be playing a game, do you? And and I think it just reflects poorly on the, on the league itself. You know, teams like Malmo, big clubs, How can to be playing on the same day as the national teams, World Cup quarterfinal. Well, it just it baffles me. It, obviously, it's a bit lighthearted, but you know, I'm not really, I'm not angry or anything, but it's just I just find it baffling.
0: Well, before we sign off, we're going to have to do a prediction. I'm going to put you on the spot. What are
1: you going to go with? Well, I was on a radio talk show earlier, and um, you can listen to that as well. If you follow us at Nordic FootPod. We've uh, been tweet- me tweeting out, and they asked me the same thing. And I said exactly what I said uh, here. You know, I'm a bit of a fence-sitter you, on this podcast, and uh, I'm going to sit on that fence again. I-, I do think England have a bit of an advantage. I think they've just got a bit more about them attacking-wise. And... Credit for the Southgate in, in one way. His preparation has been, been really, really superb, I think, his attention to detail. Uh, but at the same time, Jan Anderson has, has been similarly um, street wise and, and knowledgeable in his preparations uh, and in building a team mentality. But I just feel England have more about them. I think if England can get the first goal, then I think Sweden will have to come out, and I think that they w- it won't suit them really. Uh, and I can imagine England getting a goal. You know, if, when you play a low block, for example, England do have players who can score from distance, like Jesse Lingard. Um, even even Jordan Henderson can hit one at times, except penalty. Um, but uh, they've got players who can score from distance, and they've also got players in the box like Kane, who can can damage Sweden. So it's it's a question of can you know can they can Sweden kind of hold that hold that back? Um, I just think the confidence with this England team, I'm not entirely sure if they'll be held to a goalless game, but. Yeah, it's hard, mate. I'm not gonna. I mean, this is one for me. Is like um, asking to choose between two kids in a way, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, I'm gonna gonna sit on the fence.
0: Maybe um, just England maybe. <laughs> I'm gonna go with one 0 England inside 90 minutes. Um, I just, I mean, I just, I just don't think Sweden are gonna get many chances in this game. I mean, England snuffed out Colombia pretty easily, and I think it's only gonna take one goal. But I don't think it'll be easily coming maybe a penalty again or a free kick or from a set piece something like that um i don't think it's going to be that open of a fixture and uh, so for me one in england um well, if i was having
1: a cheeky punt the only thing i'd say is maybe lindelof anytime that's my sort of outside punt
0: that uh, must be around about like 20 to one mark yeah so i don't know what the odds are off offhand, but um i think uh you know, Obviously, there's one worth considering. Just a quick mention before we go off. Yes, you were on a Radio City tour um, this afternoon, uh, previewing the game, a uh, Liverpool radio station. Uh, so, we'll send some links out um, for people to listen to uh, your section on there. Well worth a listen. Uh, great chatting with you as ever, John. Let's uh, hope it's a good game and um, eagerly looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, definitely. And hopefully, we may be back to review the game itself if, if Sweden progressed. Uh, we'll see. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think, I think one stat to leave you with chances created at this World Cup. Sweden 38, England 39. There you go. Nothing between them, really.
0: Nothing. Nothing between them. All right. Well, well take care, everyone. We'll see you around next time. Goodbye.